1: Goodman who was playing piano there just AC Teddy Wilson somebody very good you can be sure thank you for listening to the humble farmer as you know from time to time we all make bad decisions and I might be doing that by talking about this right now if you were to try to help a veteran who was recovering from post-traumatic stress syndrome do you think that taking him out to a firing range to shoot would help him? I don't know, which is why I'm asking you. We are, of course, talking about the U.S. sniper credited with 150 or so kills. We even wrote a book about it. Who was sh- shot and killed on a Texas firing range? Too bad, too bad. Did you read that this military sniper hero was in favor of arming teachers in the classroom? Some folks say that he'd be alive today had a second grade teacher been there at that Texas firing range with one more gun. Fletcher Henderson from, I don't know, probably 90 years ago. (laughs) Old, old, old Fletcher Henderson. He was a national treasure. And so is my friend Uncle Jack. Uncle Jack is a national treasure. You can find Uncle Jack's writing on his blog if you Google for Uncle Jack. He lives down around Nag's Head. I think it's in North Carolina, I'm not sure. Anyway, here's an example of Uncle Jack's writing. Mrs. Greb Fillet and Mrs. Nettie Clayford drove to Norfolk on Wednesday in Mrs. Clayford's new Ford siesta with optional overdrive. They got 43.6 miles to the gallon, according to Mrs. Clayford's daughter, Lula, who is home on vacation from Central Junior Bible College in Charlotte, where she is majoring in Long Division. Clementine, probably Jean Golcats band, was Bill Rank playing trombone in that band. I don't know these things. You probably don't care, but you do like to hear about my wife, Marsha. You've heard me say that she is a top-draw housekeeper. My wife, Marsha, the almost perfect woman, snatches clothes from my trembling body before they even start to get comfortable, and she throws them in the wash. Push the cough button there. My wife can't find enough floors of her own to scrub on her hands and knees, so she scrubs for friends and neighbors like her elderly friend Helen. Which is why I couldn't believe my nose last night when I entered the tiny trailer we call our winter home. Some people have senses that far surpass those of their friends. The super sight and hearing I enjoyed as a child are gone, but I still have a smeller that I'll put up against anyone. And when I opened the door, I could smell, listen to this, when I opened the door, I could smell a 300-pound man who had lived in a dumpster in 90-degree heat for weeks. Yes, I smelled this in our immaculate home. I said, what? is and Masha very quickly said helen took me out to dinner today i couldn't eat all of it so i brought home this cup of chili Scott Hamilton, as you could very easily tell, just from the sound and from the lack of a lot of notes, Scott Hamilton only plays a few notes, but they're all good notes, which is why he is head and shoulders over so many saxophone players go... And I guess I don't need to tell you that you're listening to the humble farmer here on your favorite radio station. With any luck at all, I'm here every week at this time playing old-fashioned music just for you. Of course, I'd love to hear from you. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. And here is one of those insipid, feel-good emails that are circulated from time to time. I'm reading you this insipid feel-good email right now because I turned it. I turned this wishy-washy piece of writing into a powerful moral lesson by only changing 10 or 12 words at the end. Yes, I only changed 10 or 12 words, which gave this insipid story. I turned this insipid story into a moral saga of... Epic proportions. Anyway, please raise your hand when you think we've come to the part that your buddy Humble improved. You know me, so your ears are up there and you know the, the moment we get to the part. I want to hear from you. Are you ready? Clear my throat once here. Thank goodness for the cough button. I think I can get through it. A farmer had some puppies he needed to sell. He painted a sign advertising the four pups and set about nailing it to a post on the edge of his yard. As he was driving the last nail into the post, he felt a tug on his overalls. He looked down into the eyes of a little boy. "'Mister,' he said, "'I want to buy one of your puppies.' "'Well,' said the farmer, "'these puppies come from fine parents "'and cost a good deal of money.' The boy dropped his head for a moment. Then, reaching deep into his pocket, he pulled out a handful of change and held it up to the farmer. "'I've got thirty-nine cents. Is that enough to take a look?' "'Sure,' said the farmer, and with that he let out a whistle. "'Here, Dolly!' Out from the doghouse and down the ramp ran Dolly, followed by four little balls of fur. The little boy pressed his face against the chain-link fence. His eyes danced with delight. As the dogs made their way to the fence, the little boy noticed something else stirring inside the doghouse. Slowly, another little ball appeared, this one noticeably smaller. Down the ramp it slid. Then, in a somewhat awkward manner, The little pup began hobbling toward the others, doing its best to catch up. "'I want that one,' the little boy said, pointing to the runt. The farmer knelt down at the boy's side and said, "'Son, you don't want that puppy. He'll never be able to run and play ball with you like these other dogs would.'" With that... The little boy stepped back from the fence, reached down, and rolled up one leg of his trousers, revealing a steel brace running down both sides of his leg, attaching itself to a specially made shoe. Looking back up at the farmer, he said, You see, sir, I can no longer run well myself, and he will need someone who understands. With tears in his eyes, the farmer reached down and picked up the little pup. Holding it carefully, he handed it to the little boy. "'How much?' asked the little boy. "'No charge,' answered the farmer. "'You're going to need company now that you can no longer play football.' Bix, here on the Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. Did you know that there is a Mencken society? I found it the other day while I was reading some things on Uncle Jack's web page. And here's an here's an interesting quote by Mencken. The worst government is the most moral. One composed of cynics is often very tolerant and humane. But when fanatics are on top, there is no limit to oppression. Here's another quote by Mencken, and although most of us already know this because we see it every day, you tell me if you don't think Mencken said it very well. The whole aim of practical politics is to keep the populace alarmed, and hence clamorous to be led to safety, by menacing it with an endless series of hobgoblins, all of them imaginary. Here on the Humble Farmer, where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to thank the station manager for playing things you like. They like to hear good things from you. They want to know you're, that you're there. Let me now tell you a little bit about Florida and the people who live here alongside of us in blissful retirement. One morning, Marsha drove 17 miles to the park where we used to work winters and helped her elderly friend, Helen, get ready to move to Arizona. When Marsha finished with Helen around 2 p.m., she had a first-time cleaning job nearby for another elderly woman. Yes, first-time job. She'd never met this woman before but when Masha got there, there was an ambulance at the door, and medical people were running in and out. So cos Masha went back to Helen's, tried to call the woman's house there, find out what was going on, got no answer. So she drove the seventeen miles home. No sooner I got home than the woman called and wanted to know why Masha hadn't showed up. Ambulance? So what? She was still breathing and wanted her kitchen cleaned. Masha hightailed it back into town, did the job. In Florida, you know, tomorrow might be too late. Was not Adrian Rolini playing bass sax you tell me who it was fascinating person Adrian Rolini. I think he was a great piano player I think he came to a bad end don't so many people so many musicians come to a bad end news in the news the father of a student in Bangor wrote this letter to the editor this is what the father wrote to the editor difficult. Don't let your children make up their own minds. Indoctrinate them to the socialist beliefs that schools push. Next time a teacher makes a political statement in class, they should be fired. Present the facts and let the kids determine for themselves what they believe." Well, is he right about only giving kids the facts? Let the facts speak for themselves? My high school civics teacher said over and over that Roosevelt should have been impeached. Roosevelt should have been impeached. I think that facts speak for themselves, which is why I encourage every U.S. high school student to spend the summer backpacking in Northern Europe. They should hang out over there with their peers in Holland, Sweden, Denmark, Finland, all over there. I lived over there for half a year and I've been back there perhaps twenty times. I speak the tongue and read their books and and newspapers. Nothing like facts for helping a kid make up his or her mind. You should know that the first month in Sweden nowadays is the hardest for Maine kids because they miss all the fallen down barns and boarded up store windows. Let the facts speak for themselves. need to tell you that that was Oscar and Nielsen and Osted Peterson, some of their friends, and I don't need to tell you that you're, well, maybe if you're very, very young, I don't need to tell you that you're listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station. With any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time, right here on your favorite radio station. I want to thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Love to hear from you of course. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. If I don't reply, it's because I didn't get it. The newspaper headline says Tar Sands cause heated environmental economic debate in Maine. <laughs> what is there to debate? Some of us rural Maine folk are already heating our hot water and generating our electricity with solar energy. I'm even heating my cellar floor with solar radiant heat. I can't tell you this enough times. I'm even heating my cellar floor with solar radiant heat. And I've moved my office into a 75 degree cellar. You know that I don't have a beard and long hair. You know that I don't eat yogurt or granola. I didn't build solar hot water heaters to help the environment. I built solar, hot, uh, solar collectors because I'm a very greedy person. I built them because I didn't want to share my social security check with the electric and oil companies. Please listen to what I'm about to say very carefully. Because it is something that American gas and oil companies do not want you to even think about. Your your buddy Humble has been heating his hot water with solar power for years. And the sun has never sent him a bill. The sun has never sent him a bill. It's a very simple concept, but only a handful of us know it. But now, listen, I'm passing it along to you at no charge. The sun, the sun will make your electricity and heat your water and never send you a bill. You remember that Prince Turkey Al-Fasil Al-Saud of Saudi Arabia said, I would like to see Saudi Arabia using 100% renewable, renewable energy within my lifetime. In the same article you read, While the oil-rich kingdom of Saudi Arabia announces to the world its embracing the goal of 100% green energy, most politicians in America are afraid to make such a bold statement out of fear of losing shocking sums of money that the fossil fuel industry and individuals donate to sway elections and manipulate legislation a force strangling our attempt to wean ourselves from dirty energy and embrace a clean energy future. I want you to answer this question. Is an old main man betraying his country when he goes out in his barn and fumbles around until he has eight solar hot water heaters that slash his oil and electric bills? Why aren't you doing it? Hey, if you hide those solar collectors in a sunny spot out back, your neighbors and your oil man will never need to know you got them. The oil man will think you got evergreened insulate for you, and that's why your oil bill went down. Saudi Arabia plans to use solar energy and sell their oil at sky-high prices to the last sucker standing. Let's see if we can figure out who that will be. Playing those things when some of us were small children, I'm sure you-i'm sure you remember those days. Who would believe it? But at twenty-three minutes past eight in the morning, George called me from the Bangor Daily News to ask me if I wrote him a letter. Well, I admitted that I did, and George said he'd move it along, whatever that means. I sent that rant. Yes, I sent the Bangor Daily News that rant I wrote about turning 77 on January 18th. I sent it to every newspaper in Maine. cause course, George did not ask me if I'd sent it to any other newspapers, because usually I only send a letter to the editor one, to one paper, because that's the way we do it. But I felt that this one about the humble farmer turning 77 years of age deserved to be broadcast, because I naturally would. The Portland paper, yes, the Portland paper wrote back and said that if I would remove 15 words, they could run it as a letter, or if I'd add 300 more words, it could be run as an op-ed piece. (laughs) I simply replied with a polite thank you. Nice of them to get back to me, I thought. Isn't it interesting that you can no longer say what you have to say in an essay and let it go at that, but what you either have to pad it or cut it back to confirm with what an editor's perception of what is or what is not possible to print? In this day and age, can you doubt but what size matters? Sun crazy Fletcher Henderson. I got to tell you, I've, been, I've enjoyed this past hour with you. Had a lot of fun uh, passing along these rants, these humble farmer rants, and playing this old-fashioned music. Of course, that cup of coffee I had just before I started probably had nothing to do with the fact that I'm jacked right up here. As Tim Sample would say, I'm "Jacked right up there." <laughs> little closing thought for you here. Can you tell how much money a Palm Beach or Hollywood man has by the way he dresses? Yes, you can. But you have to understand how it works. In Maine, the wealthier the natives, the shabbier the dress. You tell me if this ain't right. You've seen this. If you see an old Maine man with ragged clothes and broken can't-dog cane, limping through a magnificent forest of hundred-year-old pine, he probably owns it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening.